Yeah, I'll check out any movie that has the promise of grown men crying. <laughs> oh, you're in trouble now. Why? 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 Hello and welcome to IMDb is Obsessed. This is the show where we usually tell you about the one show or movie you have to watch this week. Today, we'll still tell you about that one we're most excited about, but there are three others dropping this weekend that we think you should also know about. Joining me on this journey is IMDb contributor and TV writer, Gina Ippolito. Hey, Gina. Hey, Alex. Do you have any big uh, Memorial Day weekend plans since it's Memorial Weekend coming up? I don't because last weekend I got a tooth fixed, went to the Renaissance Fair, went to an old uh, punk show and Disneyland. Uh, and so this weekend I'm going to say no to everything people ask me because I clearly have a problem with saying yes to everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, you you partied too hard, especially the the tooth part. You partied so hard your tooth fell out, I assume. Again, a problem with saying yes to stuff. I should not have said yes to the dentist. all right what about you you got any plans this weekend depending on how i feel i may or may not be walking two miles and hitting up many many of the bars in the north hollywood magnolia strip of bars (laughs) well if you don't end up doing that we have a much better thing for your plans this weekend it is to watch all of these shows and movies that are coming out that we're excited about okay we're gonna cover top gun maverick obi-wan kenobi the new season of Stranger Things, and then our top pick for the week, Emergency, on Prime Video. And if you like what you hear on IMDb is Obsessed, you can drop us a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. That always really helps us out. You ready to get into this? Yeah, I am. This is an action-packed weekend for you. Oh, yeah. And let's start with the most action-packed of them all. It's Top Gun Maverick. Tom Cruise returns to Top Gun after 36 years to train a new class for a deadly mission that only Maverick could handle. It's directed by Joseph Kaczynski. You might recognize that name from Tron Legacy, Only the Brave, and the upcoming Spiderhead, which just dropped a trailer. The movie co-stars, besides Tom Cruise, of course, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Bashir Salhuddin, and so many more. So what do you think, Gina? You're excited about this one, right? Oh, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the first one, and they made us wait for it, but I think it's going to be real good. Yeah, they made us wait until we could get back into theaters, and that was so, so worth it. And you've probably heard about all the cheering crowd and grown men openly weeping and early screening. So, I mean, do we really need to convince you to go see this? I think you are all very excited, but I will say go see it in IMAX or one of those theaters with the seats that move around. If there's one nearby you and you feel comfortable going back to the theater, it's worth it. The movie's so big. It's so loud. It's so amazing. And it's best experienced in, in the most theater possible. Yeah, I'll check out any movie that has the promise of grown men crying. Yes, of course. (laughs) Yeah, if you're craving more Top Gun, check out IMDb Getting Ready for Maverick's Return, presented by USAA Insurance. It's on IMDb today at 10 a.m. Pacific. I'm co-hosting the show with Danielle Robay and Albert Lawrence. We'll have interviews with the Maverick cast, trivia, games. It's on IMDb, on the Top Gun Maverick page, on the homepage, and we'll link all of that in the show notes as well. All right. We don't have to talk about Top Gun anymore because we've got all these other shows on our docket, including this next one. Gina, tell us about Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
Yeah, if you don't feel like going out to the movies this weekend, you can stay in and start watching Obi-Wan Kenobi, which bridges the time gap between the end of episode three, Revenge of the Sith, and episode four, A New Hope, the first movie. Uh, well, with Rogue One kind of mixed in there as well, right? Yeah, but we didn't get any Kenobi in Rogue One. So this bridges his story so that we can finally see what turned Obi-Wan Kenobi from Ewan McGregor into Sir Alec Guinness in just a period of 19 years. Yeah, right. It's it's quite a it's quite a transition. So they got a lot of ground to cover in the six part series. Yeah, he he aged a little bit. He got knighted in the meantime. <laughs> Only took him nineteen years. I'm uh, sure that'll work out for McGregor too. Yeah, yeah. It, you know what? It might. It might. Yeah. Uh, so this is directed by Deborah Chow, who also did some episodes of The Mandalorian. So they're staying staying in house for those Star Wars shows and reprising their roles. Of course, you and McGregor as Obi Wan and Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. He's apparently very excited to to put the helmet back on. Joel Edgerton is back as Uncle Owen here. Other stars include Kumail Nanjiani, Moses Ingram, Rupert Friend, Maya Erskine, and you know that this is going to have some cameos that they have not announced yet, so I'm excited to see who they bring back. This actually might cover some of the same ground from the popular Clone Wars animated series, so I'm really excited to see who they might get to play some fan favorites from that Clone Wars animated series that they're now doing live action versions of. So yeah, so it's sure to be a good time. I haven't gotten too deeply into those cartoon series, the animated series, and I am, they're kind of my blind spot, so I'm really excited to get into them. And they've, all of these Star Wars shows have been making me want to go check those out because of how tied they are to those stories. Yeah, and they did such a great job with that stuff in The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. So this is definitely going to be one to check out, and it's for sure going to extend that larger Star Wars universe. So it's definitely going to be one to check out. Yeah, and we'll also have an interview with Ewan McGregor, Deborah Chow, and Moses Ingram up on the Obi-Wan Kenobi page for its release this weekend, and we'll post that in the show notes as well. And now we have a very special guest joining us to talk about our third show that we're excited about. God, there's so much stuff coming out this weekend. Let's bring back an old friend and our podcast producer, IMDb producer Jeff Lupino Esposito. Let's talk about Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Thanks for joining, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Gina. Excited about that pub crawl for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Alex, excited for you to do nothing. Yeah, well, we should ask you, are you getting to do anything this weekend? I'm going to Vancouver, actually, for a wedding. Whoa. Wow. Like Vancouver slash Whistler area into the mountains where I won't be able to stream anything. What a nightmare. No, what a nice, what a nice break, I would say. Well, luckily, I have already streamed the first four episodes of Stranger Things season four. They're releasing this in two parts. The first part, which is seven episodes, volume one, that came out today. Then the second part is the last two episodes. That's coming July 1st. You definitely need to have watched past seasons. This is not the season to hop in if you have never watched Stranger Things before. It's a lot about the fallout of really the previous season. Oh, okay. And they're meaty episodes. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen any of these run times, like 75-minute area already in these first four. Oh, they're already promising that the finale is over two and a half hours. So they've got so much in store for us. Wow. Wow. I'll say uh, so far, it's not been my personal favorite season. I I am Mm. a fan of the show, but it's starting really high school focused. It's very much about the kids' struggles in school. They're the D&D nerds, that kind (laughs) of stuff. That said, once it kicks in and we're on the mystery, 
you're definitely going to get that classic. Uh, I was about to say kids on the bike journey. They don't ride bikes anymore. Uh, now they have cars. They're all grown up. Whoa, that's already the passage of time is cruel. Wow. And, you know, Gina and I are fellow D&D nerds as well. So I think mm-hmm. we're very excited. I hope that they're still playing still. At oh, least, they're even playing. though they're Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's the, same, it's the same campaign. It's just been going on for seven years. <laughs> yeah. I've had one going through all the pandemic, I got to say. And it's, it's been worth it. Yeah. Yeah, they really smartly tie in the whole sort of satanic panic of the 80s with D&D this season. So oh, that, that's, that's good... really fun. Yeah. Also on the topic of Satan, uh, <laughs> which is a segue I use all the time, uh, <laughs> for horror fans, I would say that in these first four episodes at least, this has been the scariest the show has ever been. Uh, it's definitely like the darkest material. There's, without spoiling anything, a sort of exorcist-inspired villain this season. And at least like in the last five minutes of each of the first four episodes, it's real intense, real spooky. Wow. Oh, you're selling it. I mean, I know that, you know, you're saying it's, it is long. I know that they're, they're getting very moody with it. They've started that, you know, in probably the second and third season, but you're selling it. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think there's a lot to enjoy and it definitely, if you like the show, you got to come back, you got to see the kids again and and see what they're up to. In the meantime, also, whether you've watched the new season or not, uh, you should check out the video we made with the cast. I got to ask them our burning questions. You know, who had everyone laughing the most? Who has the best music taste in the cast? Whose performance are they most excited for you to see? So that's over on the Stranger Things IMDb title page. I uh, will also link that in the description. The kids are great. You know, we've seen them growing up over the years. It's really cool to just hear them talking about the show. Also, after you do watch this season... I spoke with the Duffer Brothers as well, the show's creators, about the horror influences. And that video is going to be on IMDb next week since it's pretty spoiler filled, but definitely worth checking out as well on the Stranger Things page. I'm going to get under a blanket, turn off all my lights, uh, (laughs) sit with my cats and watch this and just scare the heck out of myself. And your cats. Of course, of course. They're they're in they're in the ride with me. Thank you, Jeff. That was very thorough and I am very excited now. Awesome. I'll go back with my one cat now and uh, let you guys take it from here. BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the US economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So now we're going to get into the title that we are most excited about, our top recommendation for this week. And that title is Emergency. This is a film that opened in theaters last week and it premiered on Prime Video today. Ready for a night of legendary partying, three college students must weigh the pros and cons of calling the police when faced with an unexpected situation. Um, and just to get into this, because, you know, it seems like a kind of, you know, one bad night kind of party movie. There's so much more going on in this. Uh, Sean and Kunle are planning to be the first black students to do the legendary tour of frat parties at their school. Uh, They set this all up with a really cool like map around the world of where they're going to hit all the different parties. Um, And then things go bad when the two boys and their roommate Carlos, a Latino student, stumble upon a white girl passed out in their apartment. And then no clue how she got there. She's in bad shape. 
Kunle wants to call the cops. Sean doesn't. Carlos is stuck in the middle. And then they have to decide what to do. Yeah, this one had me screaming at my TV while I was watching it in a very sort of horror movie way of, no, don't do that. What are you doing? Why can't you? Oh, no. So I was very invested to see what happened. And, and yeah. it pays off. I, I wish I had been able to see this one in theaters. I got to see it at Sundance back in January. But that was all done virtually from home. And I absolutely loved it and been telling people about it since then. So I'm so glad that it is getting this wider release now and that people are going to be able to catch it in Prime Video. But it is a very, like you said, interactive movie and so suspenseful. And yeah, you really get invested in these characters. So much of this, I got to say, is the incredible craftsmanship of these filmmakers directed by Carrie Williams and written by Katie Davila. They're so good together. They actually made a short version of this kind of as a pitch first, which was well-received, well-made. And then Katie Davila has had some success recently. She had a short film that she co-wrote and she directed that was up for an Oscar this year. So they're definitely on the rise. But this film is just an awesome combination of their powers and what they do so well. Not just making something that's funny, but emotionally resonant, topically very poignant and gets you invested in these characters and these great performances. Um, and especially, I think, RJ Kyler, who I love so much in this. This he is He is a guy who I think I first saw in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Um, and then also just stole almost the entire show in The Harder They Fall. He has like one scene where he's playing a gunfighter in a shootout where he's just trying to prove that he is a sweet guy, even though he's pointing a gun at another man. And it's so, so funny. And also, you may know him from the Power Rangers remake that uh, I don't know how many people saw, but still very good in it. Very, very good in all of these things and a guy to watch and so funny in this. Gina, what did you think about his performance? I actually haven't seen anything he's in, but he was so good in this that I was actually, I was mad that I hadn't seen him in more stuff. But I think that casting, you know, actors that aren't super huge movie stars in this really serves it well because it sort of just feels like you're watching your friends make a series of questionable decisions over right. over a night that you're and, and it makes you feel like you're there with them weighing in and, and yelling at them what to do versus if you were watching some huge, huge movie star who you've seen in in a bunch of other stuff. But I will say that I think that all of these actors will start blowing up pretty soon because their performances in this are just that good. Absolutely. Kyler has so much to do with being the funny friend, like you're saying, which is very much like a funny friend you had in college, but then having to turn and get so, you know, emotional and really carry a lot of the the movie's heavy message that it's getting into and discussing race and everything. Like he is, he has to be kind of the center of that and switching from comedy to drama and doing it so well that I just think he's, he's so, so good. But his partner in the movie, Donald Elise Watkins, is also so good playing Kunle. And again, like another guy, I, I actually have not seen him in the Underground Railroad uh, series, but um, I'm going to go back and watch it now, even though he's in, only in a couple of episodes. And I hope to see him in a lot of new stuff coming up too, because again, he, he is more the straight man to RJ Kyler's funny character. Kunle is, you know, more the button up serious friend who's trying very hard to, you know, get ahead and take care of his lab cultures, despite how much Sean wants to go party all night. But when this movie makes an emotional turn in the third act, like when it starts to go really dark and really heavy, he's right there for it and, and is able to like, just really bring you into his experience that is so heavy and so, so, so beautifully done. Um, and it'll probably make you never think of the BGs staying alive the same way ever again, too, which was just like, 
Whew, wow. Wow. What a powerful, powerful movie. <laughs> Yeah, this is one that I might give a rewatch to because there was a lot going on and they managed to break up these really serious, heavy moments with comedy in a, yeah. in an expert way because sometimes that combination feels a little forced in other movies in less skilled hands, but they do it so well throughout that you're it, – it, it's not jarring at all. It goes from a really serious moment – to some, you know, someone might say one line that's just really funny and it, it, it managed just to break the tension in a perfect way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, so much of the comedy and conflict comes out of, you know, misunderstanding and prejudice. And I think that's, you know, what they're building to throughout this and they set up so well and one of those first scenes where you see Kunle and Sean in their blasphemy and taboos class and they have this, you know, white professor trying to investigate racial epithets and they're forced to reckon with it, even though they're sitting there going like, you know, is this is this OK? Like, can they even do this? And and Kunle tells Sean, uh, oh, yeah, it was on the it was on the syllabus. You know, there was a trigger warning. Don't worry. And it goes there. It pushes that envelope. And it's so funny. But it, it also that's the theme. That's you know, they're still investigating these themes. So when they try to take that turn, it's still based in this idea of these these conflicts, these misunderstandings, this comedy is all built in this. So it never feels forced or fake. And that's why I think, you know, you're also saying like these feel like your real friends because they're not making these written decisions. They're making dumb decisions that two 22 year olds would make while trying to go out and party all night. Yeah. So if you like those kind of movies where everything that can go bad does go bad in one terrible night, movies like Martin Scorsese's After Hours, The Safdie Brothers' Good Time, John Boyega's breakout movie Attack the Block, or even Harold and Kumar, I think Emergency hits a lot of those same notes and does it in a new, fresh way that I hadn't seen before. So it's worth checking out. Okay, so like we said, there's just a ton to watch this weekend. So you've got Top Gun Maverick, which is in theaters, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+, Stranger Things Season 4 on Netflix, and Emergency, which you can now watch on Prime Video. And if all those recommendations weren't enough and you want more what to watch, definitely check out the new IMDb What to Watch app on Fire TV. It's um, really fun and you get to play games to help you find out what you can watch next. And we also want to hear what you're watching, in case there's something that you're watching that we aren't. You can always email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com or tweet at imdb using the hashtag imdbisobsessed. Thank you so much again, Gina. What are you going to watch first? Ooh, I'm going to put each of these on one TV and just at the same <laughs> time watch all four at once. All right. That's perfect. See you all next week. <laughs> 